Godzilla is what happens when mankind creates gods in our own image. Godzilla is what happens when mankind creates gods in our own image. Now, I'm not a big Godzilla fan. I've seen quite a few of the movies. They're pretty popular. They've been around for a long time. And they go way back, actually did a little research. They go way back, 1954, I think, was the very first Godzilla movie released in Japan. And then they had a series of, I don't remember, a whole bunch of movies that followed that. Um, in fact, I think in the, there's like 20 some, 27 movies, I think, and most of them have no connection with one another. They're just all kind of spread out, and it's crazy. Um, but in um, 1989, um, no, that's not right, in some other day, um, America released Godzilla movies, and then there's been a bunch of Americanized Godzilla movies that have followed. Uh, and if you have watched some of those, uh, let me just ask, how many of you saw the Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick. Remember that? Okay, you are all posers and not real Godzilla fans. Well, that's what I learned uh, when I researched it this week. <laughs> um, the 19, uh, what was that, 1989, 1994 uh, Godzilla movie with Matthew Broderick had nothing to do with Godzilla and wasn't even a part of the franchise. And so if you saw it, you just, um, just punish yourself somehow. Um, because we've got a new Godzilla as part of the, the franchise that started a few years ago with Brian Cranston and the whole uh, nuclear uh, site in Japan. And, uh, and so that's kind of the, the, the Godzilla timeline that we're going with, I guess. Godzilla, King of Monsters, follows pretty closely the same progression of every other Godzilla movie. And so to some degree, if you've seen one, you've kind of seen them all. And, uh, and since Godzilla is such a poor depiction of God, I thought it would be good to kind of kick off this series with a look at this, uh, this film. So let me set the stage for you, and then uh, we'll get a little more deeper into Godzilla as a god, and then contrast that with the one true God and see who comes out on top. So here's the kind of the rough plot line for virtually every single Godzilla movie ever made. Okay, here it is. There's four parts to every Godzilla movie. The first part is tragedy. There's got to be some tragedy, right, to suck us into the movie. In every movie, there's some kind of tragedy that kicks things off. But if you look closely enough in that tragedy, you'll discover that the spark for that is something that mankind, something that humanity is responsible for. Typically in Godzilla movies, that's global warming, pollution, uh, the depletion of the ozone, um, whatever the hot topic political issue is of the day, that's what humankind has done, and it's sparked this, uh, this monster coming up uh, to kind of fight against that, what we've caused, and, uh, and there's, so there's this tragedy on a planet-wide scale. We have started the beginning of our own destruction, and then through that tragedy, Godzilla comes to save us from the full-on consequences of whatever it is that we've done as a human race. So that's the first plot line, uh, tragedy. Second comes fear. Now, there are a couple directions that this fear comes from in every Godzilla movie. There's fear of the consequences of our behavior. 
oh no, we did something that's going to destroy the planet and we don't know what to do about it. And so there's this fear of what might happen to the planet. And it's that fear or, or what we've done has awoken some of these great big monsters or titans, they call them in the movies today. And so we're afraid of, of that, but we're also afraid of Godzilla who comes out and we're unsure, like it's always amusing to me, in every Godzilla movie, people are unsure of what he's going to do. And I'm like, didn't you watch the last movie? He comes in and he kind of saves the day, but every time they're afraid that he's going to destroy more things, and so there's fear coming from Godzilla, there's fear coming from these monsters that were were, uh, brought about by our destruction of the, the planet, and it's all just this pretty terrifying thing in the beginning. So there's tragedy There's fear. Then comes recognition. There's this point in the movie where those people in power, the ones, usually it's military or something like that, uh, they are often the ones responsible for waking the Titans up in the beginning. Um, But they recognize that Godzilla isn't trying to destroy us. He's actually trying to help us. Of course, the, the, the thing that's kind of just behind the veil of that is that Godzilla isn't really trying to help us. He's trying to help the planet. We just happen to exist on the planet, and so we get kind of helped uh, as a side note. The last plot line is salvation. Don't get too excited about that one because it's not really as complete as we might think in, in Christianity. Godzilla does eventually win, however... We need to be aware of a couple things in, in, in seeing how this works out. Godzilla does defeat the threat, but in pretty much every version of Godzilla, he needs our help in order to do that. So if Godzilla is a god, as they say in the movie, he's not a sovereign god, which means he's not all-powerful. He doesn't get to make all the decisions. He's not the alpha in the situation. Secondly, our salvation is only partial when Godzilla shows up. We know Godzilla is going to have to come back at some point to save us all over again from pretty much the same mistakes. So Godzilla has to keep coming back and setting things right. And lastly, Godzilla's salvation isn't for everyone. The movies never deal with this, but in the background of Godzilla fighting our enemies and saving the planet and saving humanity, tens of millions of people are dying because these cities that Godzilla is fighting in are completely leveled. And so the the destruction of Godzilla as he's trying to save us is cataclysmic in and of itself, and they never ever talk about that in the movie. Godzilla just kills all of these people, and we just go, oh great, he saved us, Uh, and we don't ever talk about those other people. Godzilla then at the end retreats to his underwater home until the next time humanity needs him, which by the way will be next March 2020 uh, when Godzilla has to fight King Kong. That's when that's uh, coming up. So I was looking at this and kind of looking at the movie and going through and I was going, okay, if Godzilla is a god, then Godzilla is the kind of god that we would create for ourselves. Godzilla is the kind of God that we would create for ourselves. Let me give you some reasons why. Um, We would create this kind of God ourselves because Godzilla only comes around when we need him. There's There's a problem. There's this tragedy. There's this thing that we can't solve on our own. And Godzilla shows up and kind of saves the day. And that's the kind of God we want, right? 
We call out and he comes and he rescues us. Secondly, um, Godzilla is the kind of God we, cre- we would create ourselves because he rescues us from our mistakes. He rescues us from our choices. And then he leaves without helping us change our ways. You ever notice that in the show? He shows up, he fights the bad guy, he wins somehow in the end, and then he leaves, and humanity never learns the lesson. Because we do the same things over and over again, and he has to keep coming back, and he just shows up again, because he's the kind of God we like. He comes around when we need him, and then he never deals with the underlying reasons that we have to keep calling him in the first place. Lastly, Godzilla is the kind of God we would create for ourselves because he always needs our help to defeat the enemy. Did you ever notice that? Godzilla always needs us to do something. We've got to get involved somehow. We've got to help him. I don't want to give the whole movie away to you, but probably based on your history, none of you are going to see it anyway. So... um, We have to save Godzilla, so we send somebody down under the ocean who sets off an atomic bomb and brings Godzilla back to life so that he can come back and defeat our enemy. When it comes to gods, Godzilla is pretty poor. But so is every other god humanity has ever come up with. We create gods really in in two camps, I I, I think. And and you know about this because... Because we all studied Greek mythology, Greek gods when we were in in school. We create these gods in two camps. There's uh, one camp where gods are created based on things that we can't control. Things like the sun or the moon or the stars or lightning in the case of, of Zeus. And so there are these great big things that we need to survive. We can't control them. And so we create gods to worship those things. uh, And kind of they're in the image of us, but they represent these things that we can't control. And so we kind of worship those things. The other vein of these uh, gods that we create in our lives are things that are important to our survival. So things like earth or, or the ground, water, fertility, brute strength. There are gods for each of these different things, and and oftentimes they kind of cross over, because one god that we create isn't powerful enough to take care of everything, so we've got to have multiple ones, and they help each other, and sometimes they fight with each other, and they get angry with each other, and one of them's not really more powerful than the other one, and so they go back and forth all the time. The gods that we create are human-type representations of some created thing. But every God that we create as humanity, every God we create for ourselves is just as flawed as we are. The director of the first Godzilla film in this rebooted franchise compared Godzilla to a God who protects the world from violence and mayhem. This new movie, the director director actually said that that Godzilla is a god who protects the world from climate change. In that sense, Godzilla is kind of like a metaphor for Jesus, who saves us when we can't save ourselves. But for a god, Godzilla is a pretty poor god. See, Godzilla is just as good as he is bad. 
He may defeat whatever monster he's facing, but he destroys as much as he delivers. He may save us from this monster and whatever kind of uh, world-ending cataclysmic thing we've started, but then he kills so many people in the process. And it's funny to me that the world gets mad at God for letting people die of things like cancer and car accidents, right? And you'll talk to people about faith and and they'll go, how could a loving God allow people to die from cancer or get into car accidents? Why couldn't he just stop them? But nobody seems to complain when Zeus or Artemis or Godzilla's direct actions kill millions. The world complains that our God can't be good because he allows bad things to happen that he could stop. But every one of the world's gods cause bad things to happen and aren't even powerful enough to stop those bad things even if they wanted to. We want our gods to be good. But only in the sense that they protect us from everything bad. We don't want a God that helps us be good. Now, if you're an English person, don't pay attention to this line. We don't want a God that helps us be good. We want a God that lets us be bad and then does good to us. We don't want a God that corrects the issues in our lives. We don't want a God that that helps us do the right things and avoid the sin, avoid problems in our lives. We just want a God that lets us do whatever we want to and then shows up and saves the day in the end. We don't want to stop smoking. We want to be healed of lung cancer. We don't want to stop drinking. We just want to get our license back. We don't want to stop having the affair. We just want to stay married. We don't want to follow His rules but we sure want his blessing. Godzilla is a poor God because he's not all-powerful, nor is he all-good, but the one true God is. God is completely just and powerful in and of himself. He is completely good. He is in need of nothing. He is surprised by nothing, and he owes us Nothing. Now, some Christians believe that that if they come to church, if they put some money in the offering bucket, maybe they serve a little bit, they're going to earn God's blessing or favor. Like God is going to give us an attaboy or a pat on the head and and say, "Uh, look, here's a little money, go get yourself something nice. We feel like if we do a little bit of good for God, that He's going to be happy with us, like we've added something to who He is, and so He's going to bless us. When we worship and and, and raise our hands or we shed a tear as we sing, we feel like we're blessing God and that He should be happy with us for honoring Him so well. Like He should be proud of us for showing up on Sunday morning. Hey God, I'm here, now bless me. When we give financially, we feel like we've helped God accomplish something, you know, that He was having trouble doing on His own. And then we often expect some kind of little, hey God, hey, uh, how about a little, you know, uh, something for the effort? Hey God, how about you help me out a little bit? Now I helped you, you helped me. When we obey God, we want a pat on the back. When there's this sin that we know we could commit, but we don't, and we hold back from it, we think we've done something really worthy, and God should be happy with us. 
And so the next time something comes around, we're like, expect God to help us out with it. But a real God doesn't owe us, doesn't owe his creation anything. All our money, all our time, all our strength, all our effort add nothing to him. And when we obey, it takes nothing from him. When we don't obey, it takes nothing from him. So we can give nothing to God to make him better, make him happy, make him more whole. And we can take nothing from him. If we don't give, he still owns it all. If we don't show up, he's still worthy. If we don't serve, he's still going to find some way to get that thing done because he's God and he's sovereign over all. If God needed anything from his creation, he wouldn't be a very good God. For God to really be a God capable of creating everything we see and infinitely more that we haven't seen, that God would be worthy of our very lives. And that's why we don't like the idea of any God except the flawed gods we create. Because ultimately, the truth is, we want to be gods of our own lives. We don't want anybody to tell us what to do. We don't want to owe anybody anything. We don't want to have to ask permission. We want to be in charge of our own lives. In Job chapter 12, that's where we're going to be today, Job chapter 12, we're going to look at a few verses, 13 through about 21. Here's what Job says about God. You can follow along on the screen or online of my message notes. Job says this, To God belong wisdom and power. Counsel and understanding are His. What He tears down can't be rebuilt. Those He imprisons can't be released. If he holds back the water, there's drought. If he lets them loose, they devastate the land. You see, unlike the gods we create for ourselves, the one true God is whole and complete in and of himself. He needs nothing from us and owes nothing to us. We cannot stand against him. Whatever he tears down or builds up, he has complete control to do whatever he wants of every natural thing, of everything he created, which is everything, including us. I think that's why God's love for us is so incredible. You see, a God who, a God who needs nothing from you, let, yet loves you to your core, is really hard to understand in a world of false and selfish loves. It's difficult to process that the God of the universe who created everything we see and infinitely more that we can't see actually loves us so deeply we can't understand His love. And that's kind of the issue, isn't it? When we're left in charge, we make things worse, not better. Basically, every Godzilla film starts with humanity doing something stupid that causes some calamity, that brings about some monster. 
In the 2014 film, it was nuclear power. In King of the Monsters, it's, it's an attempt to stop our destruction of the planet by using these monsters, these titans, to purge much of humanity so that the planet has a chance to survive. If, if you saw uh, the last few Marvel movies, it's the same thing Thanos wants to do. Wipe out a bunch of people so that the planet will have a chance to survive. Oddly, humanity causes the very cataclysm humanity is trying to survive through the rest of the film. We bring about our own destruction. The resolution comes when we recognize that Godzilla is actually fighting for us, or rather he's fighting for the planet, and, and, and we kind of give up and let Godzilla do the fighting. But again, millions of people die while Godzilla is trying to protect us. There's a few reasons for that. In part, Godzilla isn't strong enough to win without help. And also because people are not Godzilla's number one priority. The planet is. You see that in this last movie way more clearly, I think, than some of the others. Godzilla's primary function is to protect the planet. We just happen to be present on the planet, and so we get the benefit of that. It's a pretty pervasive idea, actually, in the world today, that humanity makes things worse. Listen to C-SPAN, or some news channel, and you'll find out that there's a lot of people in the world who believe that we're the cancer to the world. From Marvel to Godzilla, from Avatar to Wall-E, Humanity is increasingly portrayed as the disease to this planet. Yet I don't think God sees it that way at all. God doesn't see people as the disease. He sees sin as the disease. And all of creation is infected. See, it's sin that causes us to create our own gods. It's sin that elevates self over everyone else. It's sin that pushes us to disobey. It's sin that brings death, not just to people, but to our planet. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 31 says this, The world in its present form is passing away. See, the planet is not meant to last forever. When Jesus comes again, there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and this time, heaven and earth will be together. Just as creator and creation will be together. God doesn't see humanity as the disease and the planet as perfect. He sees sin as the disease that's destroying the perfect thing that he created. But in the end, humanity will be saved, not the planet. Now, I'm not saying... That we just do whatever we want to. But I'm not a tree hugger either. Because I believe that God gave us this planet. And we should be responsible for it. But we shouldn't put the things of the planet ahead of people. I think that's what we're doing. God is so concerned with how we live. And especially, He's concerned about those who wield control as though they are gods of their own lives. 
When we cheat and oppress, when we use our position to pad our own pockets, when we encourage evil and consider others uh, ourselves better because of our birthplace or the color of our skin or the strength of our arms, we draw God's anger for those things. Let's go back to Job. The next few verses, it says this, To him belongs strength and insight. Both deceived and deceiver are his. He leads rulers away stripped and makes fools of judges. He takes off the shackles put on by kings and ties loincloths around their waists. He leads priests away stripped and overthrows officials long established. He silences the lips of trusted advisors and takes away the discernment of elders. He pours out contempt on nobles and disarms the mighty. You see, it is people who are important to God. And really, it's how we treat those with less than us that's of great importance to God. God cares about how we treat others, especially those who have less than us. He cares about that so much that He promises those who abuse their power that they will have to answer to Him. And that's not because God hates us, but because He loves us and He loves everyone else. But with Godzilla, that's not the case. Godzilla shows up to protect the planet, and then he leaves. He doesn't care about us or for us. He just does his job and takes off. He clocks out. He goes home. And honestly, we'd love a God that gets us out of trouble, but stays out of our lives. We don't want to be told not to have sex before marriage. We just demand abortions. We don't want to be told who to marry, but we divorce when we decide we've made a mistake. We don't want to be told how to handle our finances, but we want Big Brother to bail us out when we get in over our heads. We don't want a God. We want a genie who can't tell us what to do and has to obey all our commands. See, God's plan has never been just to fix our problems and leave. He wants to fix us so we can avoid the problems in the first place. Yes, God is above everything. He is sovereign over all creation, but He wants to have a relationship with every one of us. Not because He needs anything from us, but because He loves us so much. God doesn't want to be your genie. He wants to be your God. Not a man-made God. We're not good at that. But a God who is above and sovereign over all creation and is more powerful and knowledgeable and awesome than we can comprehend because that's what a real God is, right? If we could understand everything God did and why He does it or why He allows it, He wouldn't be a very good God. And we wouldn't have to listen to him anymore. So I always think about people coming and go, I just don't understand why God did this or allowed that. Good! Because if you understood it, you'd be God. And we don't get that. 
We miss that because the gods that we want, we can understand because we control them. We have to help them. They need us just as much as we need them. That's not God. He doesn't need us. He's above us. He's sovereign over all. He makes every decision He makes, and He doesn't have to ask us for permission. He gets to do what He does because He's God. So what does this mean for you and me? Well, unlike Godzilla, the real God, the one true God, is above all creation, but He's not absent from your circumstances. God is not content with being our genie. We rub the lamp, He shows up, He saves us from whatever problems we have. He wants to be our God. And that doesn't mean that He's a dictator, or that good and bad are both present in Him, and we never know which one's going to win. He is all good, all the time. And he has absolute power, yet doesn't require anything from you. But he gave everything for you when he gave his one and only son. So that if you would just believe in him, you can be free from sin and live a real life in Christ. Godzilla can't save you. The gods we create can't save us. But the God who created all saves all those who choose Him. Look, God doesn't just want to save you from your trouble now. He wants to help you avoid trouble in the future. God doesn't just want to save you and leave you. He wants to walk through life with you every day. God doesn't demand everything you have but He'll bless everything you give. God won't force you to love Him, but He will always love you. God won't make you spend eternity with Him, but He did do everything needed to make it possible through Jesus. Godzilla can't save you, but Jesus already has. Your response then is to believe in Him. God's above everything in our lives. But He's not absent from our circumstances. I know some of you came in here this morning with a lot of baggage. A lot of stuff going on in your lives that's bigger than you think you're able to handle. Maybe it's marriage stuff or the loss of, of, of life. Maybe it's your finances. You just don't know how you're going you're gonna to make it. Maybe you're struggling with the, the kids or there's a problem at your job. There are things in our lives that, that come along that are just bigger than we can deal with. And it's in those moments that we need the real God. Because the gods that you've probably been trying to find help and hope and support from, they've fallen short. You might have looked for that in a person, and they've let you down. 
Or you've looked for that in, in, in stuff and it, and it hasn't given you the satisfaction that you need, the purpose in life that you're longing for. I don't know what you walked in here with today, but I know that God wants to walk out of here with you so that he can help you carry that burden. God's above us, but he's not absent from us. He wants to be in that relationship. And here's what he asks, just just call out. he He who knocks, the door will be open. And if you call, I'm going to answer. God says, look, there's, there's, no, there's not a bunch of hoops you've got to jump through. I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm ready and I want to have this relationship for you. And all you've got to do is ask. Are you ready to let God be God in your life? Godzilla's just a movie. It's just something we do for entertainment, a, A thousand-foot monster who routinely saves humanity isn't real. But you're real. You've either got... You either got here by a random chance, a crazy set of circumstances that, that now probably took 500 billion years to happen, or you were chosen by a Creator who loves you deeply and wants to have a real relationship with you and every other person possible. Look, the world is full of fake gods. We've got connection to the one true God who won't just show up when there's trouble but wants to be with us every single day. And if we're going to help every person possible find real life in Jesus and a relationship with that one true God, we've got to believe that he wants them in relationship just as much as you and I. And then we've got to make sure that they know the real God. And that can only happen if we know him. I hope that you know him today. And maybe you need to take some more steps to him. I, I want to just encourage you to, to go back to the Connection Hub back there. And, and there'll be some folks. I'll be back there in a few minutes. And we'll just share with you, talk with you, pray, whatever it is that's going on. We want to help you know God so that you can experience real life in him. Let's pray. God, I thank you for not being a God like all of those others that we create ourselves, but for being the God. And and we try to to figure you out and and, and we try to even say, no, you don't exist and, and you can't because of this and that. But God, whether we believe in you or not, it makes no difference to you. It doesn't affect you. You don't need anything from us and we can't give anything to you. And so your love for us is that much more incredible. I don't know how you can love me so much that you can look past all the junk 
but you still sent your son to die in spite of everything that I've done. God, would we simply live for you because there is nothing else we can do. In Jesus' name. Let's stand up and we'll sing one last song.